you've turned into Sorting Pin, the California Cattlemen's podcast. Every day, the California Cattlemen's Association is sorting through the issues impacting California's ranching families and producers. To communicate those issues, discuss solutions, and keep ranchers current on the hot topics, CCA Leadership has developed this podcast. Well, we're here on another episode of Sorting Pen at the 105th Annual CCA and CCW Convention. We just had our third general session with meteorologist Brian Bledsoe, and we're lucky to have him here on the podcast this afternoon. Hi, Katie. How are you doing? We're doing good. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Yeah, no problem. Seemed like the end of that presentation, people were happy with what you had to say, even though maybe not exactly what you had to say, but happy with the presentation, I should say. I think they, if nothing else, while the news may not be good, it's at least they know what is the most likely outcome going forward. And the most likely outcome going forward is that a lot of us are still going to have troubles with drought for at least a little while. Unfortunately, not a surprising answer. No, it's not. I mean, everybody in that room knew, you know, pretty much what was going to happen. But I think what I tried to show people a lot about is a lot of reasons as to why it's happening and why it can continue to happen until this La Nina episode fades away and some of the ocean temperatures gradually change. When that happens, things are going to get better, but it's not going to happen in the short term for a lot of us, unfortunately. Yeah. So as a refresher for people who have tried to put the last drought out of their mind, right. what is a La Nina? What does that mean for producers that weren't here? What should they know? The La Nina episode is, uh, is cooler than average sea surface temperatures across the equatorial Pacific Ocean. And when that usually happens, and if that episode is strong enough, it basically sends the jet stream farther north. And so you get the more frequent moisture producing storms that hit the northern basically quarter of California and then on up into the Pacific Northwest, parts of the Northern Rockies, and then areas that are farther south, you know, the southern half of California, southern Nevada, Utah, Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, those places really struggle in terms of moisture. That's a very simple way of looking at it. There are some other things that go into the fray too, but the problem is, is right now that that La Nina is locked in. It's not going to change for a little while. And unfortunately, when you get something like that, that's locked in, whoever is dry, usually is going to stay dry and whoever is wet is probably going to stay wet. Not great news. Not great news for a lot. However, this is the second La Nina we've had in a row. Three La Ninas in a row has happened in the past. I believe it was 73, 74 when that happened, but they're not very frequent. It's very rare for that to happen. So historically speaking, a lot of times after we do this double dip La Nina thing, we will see an El Nino materialize the following fall. It's not a guarantee that that happens, but it has happened in history. And I know a lot of folks are at least looking for any type of good news. And that would be something that I'm at least paying attention to and watching for. So that would be fall of 2022. It would be. If it's going to happen, we'll probably start to see, we would see this La Nina wane this spring. We'd get a few months of just kind of average, whatever that is. And then we would see some sort of an El Nino materialize. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a big event, small event. May not be an event at all, but when you're looking out at that range, you're seeing some of the signals and you've looked back at history and see that that's something you have to at least acknowledge. Have there ever been four La Ninas in a row? Not to my knowledge. Now, you can you can have a break and then one can come back. Sure. Uh, but for the most part, when you get a double dip La Nina, you usually see something different the following fall and winter. There's one caveat to that, and that's the Pacific right now. Uh, And you heard me mention the Pacific Decadal Oscillation, which is a fluctuation in the Pacific sea surface temperatures that usually takes place every, you know, 20 to 30 years. Again, it's not an exact timing, but 
that phase of the Pacific right now is cold or negative, and that usually is a problem with drought reduction. Even if the La Nina goes away completely, if the Pacific still stays somewhat cold, it can still be a problem. So we have to at least watch out for that as well. But bottom line, my message was, you need to be prepared for some dry time still to continue, at least in the short term. I think because there's a lot of people right now that it's very convenient for them to look at their phone app and see what the weather is doing or what the weather forecast is going to be. That is not the smart way to go about making risk management decisions for your business because a lot of that output isn't generated by a human. And it can fluctuate hourly. You can look at it and say, oh, I thought it was going to rain. Oh, nope, that's all gone by now. So there's nobody really quantifying that information or explaining how that works. So I think, and this is especially true in the long-range forecast and in agriculture, there's a lot of uh, talk that is stereotypical. Oh, they don't know what's going to happen two days from now, let alone two or three months. That's very hard for people to get their mind around. But we're doing some very good things now from a weather standpoint in the longer range that is very instrumental in making, at least helping producers make some decisions. And that's kind of my niche. That's where I come in. And that's where, you know, I do TV on the day side of things. Yeah. But my my side hustle is is this business right here. So you grew up in agriculture, you know it, you understand how much producers are watching the weather and griping about it. That's right. Every, it's an everyday thing. And I think that helps, you know, when you walk into a room full full of ag folks and they say you're a weather guy, they just, you know, a lot of them may roll their eyes or whatever. And then we'll come right back at them. And I'm like, well, I think I can kind of talk to you today because I, I know I know your business. I know how important weather is in agriculture because I've lived it. How much have tools changed? How much more do producers have now than, say, 10 years ago to help them make these decisions? Oh, it's it's night and day. And not only is it night and day in terms of the tools they have at their disposal, but there have never been forecasts that are more accurate than what they are today. Now, some people might say, well, that isn't saying much. Yeah. Well, it's actually saying a lot. So for some people to say, oh, the weather forecast is always wrong, so that's just a cliche. You know, it's something that's talked about. If you really look at what, what we're doing in terms of forecasting long range uh, and short range, they've never been more accurate and they've never been more accessible too. So to a producer who pays attention and knows what they're looking at and knows the ins and outs of it, I think those those types of tools are very important to them. Yeah, which types of tools would you recommend producers look at if they're thinking, I just use my phone? You can use your phone, yeah. You know, if you're looking at a big storm or whatever, there are various computer model websites online. Now, the problem with that is, is that if you just go all in and look at it, you're probably not going to understand a lot of the background of what you're looking at. So as I said, that's where someone like myself can come in to a producer and say, hey, you probably need to pay attention to this. You need to look at more at this. There's a big storm coming in. You're probably going to hear about it seven days out. But what you need to know is, is that storm may go a little north or a little farther south, and it may short you a little bit. Those are the types of things that you're not going to get on your phone, or you're not just going to get by looking at a, a computer model. There was a pretty robust Q&A at the end of your presentation. What were some of the questions that you got that you think people who weren't here might be interested in hearing? I think, the, is there any hope, you know, as far as w- what's going on? And one of my favorite expressions is hope isn't a strategy. So you have to plan accordingly. And the fact that I was, you know, maybe delivering news that they didn't necessarily want to hear, I think it's important that they are prepared and equipped with what they need to be prepared for going forward. So I think that was a lot of it. Another part of it was, you know, inevitably you get a climate change question or whatever. And I'm not one to beat around the bush a lot of times when it comes to that, as a lot of the folks were were talking about. But I think some of the things that folks need to look at is that 
regardless of, you know, cause you have this, this believability. Okay. Somebody says, well, I don't believe in climate change or I believe in it, whether you believe in it or subscribe to it or not, it's here. And you, as an ag producer, you have to know what's going on. There are things like carbon credits that are going on. There's always, uh, you know, the demonization of cattle, you know, and, and agriculture in that regard, you have to know what's going on with these rules that are being set before you so you can capitalize on that and make money. So as I was telling them in there, it's like, don't, don't get hung up on this believing of climate change. Okay. Because as I said, climate has been changed since the planet was born. Whether you say, oh, well, what the, what's being sold on TV every night to me or what the government wants, but it, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, is that there are people setting the rules that impact your business that are based around what they're showing you as climate change. And you have to recognize those rules. If you don't know what those rules are, you better find out. Otherwise, you're going to be at a severe disadvantage going forward. I mean, it's like anything these days, super divided, right? It's it's so polarizing. And, and that's what I was telling them. I'm like, if we want to talk about it afterwards, well, let's go have a conversation. But I'm not going to hate you at the end of it because at the end of the day, I don't care what you believe or not. I know what I believe. I know what I need to prepare for, and I know about how I'm going about doing it. And to me, that's the most important thing. There's been so much money and politics thrown at this issue that it's screwed it up seven ways from Sunday, so much so that the layperson that's trying to understand it is not going to have a clue. When I'm sitting down with producers and that question inevitably comes up, I sit there and I, I walk them through some things in a very pointed manner because I said, you have to know about this stuff and prepare. You can't just turn the TV off because it's not going anywhere. It's here and it's deeply embedded in a lot of the policy that's going to matter to your business. Looking forward to 2023. Is it too far to look forward to 2023? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it is. I mean, uh, I know a lot of folks want to because they want to, want to skip next year. It's exactly right. They want to get beyond that. But that doesn't necessarily guarantee that that year is going to be any better. When you're looking at what your business needs and how you're going to govern it over the next year, having that information just before it's like, well, I don't want to deal with the dry weather. Well, sure. I, I don't care whether you want to deal with it or not. You're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. It's here and it's going to be here for a while longer. So whether it means you have to buy additional hay for your cattle, whether you have to do different types of rotational grazing. You may not have any grass at all to graze out there too. So you have to do something different with that. You may be looking at selling and getting out. You may say, Brian, I, I, I can weather six more months of this, but 12 months I can't. So there are some decisions that have to be made there, I think on multiple fronts that hopefully that information will help them. But I also, as meteorologists, we've done a very poor job of pinning ourselves in a corner about forecasting. As I said, we've never been more accurate. They're, they've never been more accessible. But when you tell somebody that, they're like, well, you you should be right all the time. I tell them, I'm like, listen, man, future's hard. It's still a forecast. It's, it's the future, yeah. exactly. So I always qualify what I tell the people. It's like, I could totally be wrong about what I'm saying in here. However, I'm here saying these things for a reason because there's evidence that is before me that, backs up what I'm saying. We can all not be here tomorrow. We, we don't know how that's going to roll, but we have to look at what we have for us and plan accordingly. Yeah. I think if the last almost two years have taught us anything, we don't know what the next day is going to bring. That's right. So if folks who aren't here or even people who were here that want to learn more from you, what you're doing, yeah. um, how can they reach out to you and learn more? They can follow me on Twitter uh, if they want to just, you know, at Brian Bledsoe, you can find me on Twitter there. Uh, I have some Facebook stuff. I usually interact more on, on Twitter than I do Facebook. 
And my email address, if you want to hit it up, is just WX at gmail.com. You can, you can hit me up there if you want to know more. Thanks so much for coming on and coming out to Reno. Thanks, Katie. Great having you here. My pleasure. And we'll hopefully see you at an event soon. I'm hoping so. We'll see you guys next year. Thanks. Take yeah. care.